Let me, uh, let me introduce myself. My name's Jeeves. Uh, I have the absolute privilege of uh, overseeing the youth work here. It is a wonderful joy. We have an incredible team that does it. Um, we love just being family. That's the biggest thing. We love just being family. And this morning, if it's your first time, I just want to invite you in freshly to say you welcome to a wonderful family here. Welcome today to just being part of a wonderful family. And as you probably heard, we are about to head to a big chapter. We are about to head into the next chapter of this church, the next great adventure. And it's as if the preparation is done. The call has been made and we're all ready to go. Today, I feel like a real honor preaching the the Sunday before we start this adventure. It's a massive honor. And so uh, as I was praying, I just wanted to go and and just spend time thinking, what can I say to inspire us as we head to this adventure? My prayer really was, if I never speak again, which is a miracle in itself, but if, if, if if I never speak again, what advice could I give right now? What advice could I give at this right very moment that could inspire us and to propel us into this next adventure? That was, that's been my prayer. And as I was kind of been looking at this, uh, we, as you may know, if you, if you come to Hope, we've been looking at Luke today. I'm not going to be looking at Luke. I'm going to be looking at something different. And the reason why is because as I was praying and preparing this, I was just inspired by uh, um, Ephesus, the church in Ephesus and the book of Ephesians. And if you don't know the book of Ephesians or the church in Ephesus, let me give you some context. Uh, in the Bible, it's the church we know most about in the New Testament. It's a church, we, we see its creation in Acts 19. We see its kind of um, encouragement in the book of Ephesians. And we also see its um, kind of uh, word of encouragement, so to speak, um, and, and conviction in Revelation uh, 2 and 3. It is a, a, an incredible church. And Ephesians, if you haven't read it before, it is a quality book. It is a book just full of inspiration and encouragement. And, and it goes like this. Ephesians 1 and 2 and 3 starts with getting down the identity, laying down the foundations of who we are. Ephesians 5 and 6 says, now we go. And Ephesians 4 has this beautiful bit of the middle saying, okay, before we, uh, now we understand identity and before we go, what do we need to know to get hold of it? And I kind of thought, we're in a similar chapter here. We're in a similar chapter where we've understood where we have been. We know where we're going. Let me try and get down to the grips of Ephesians 4 to understand what can I encourage us with before we head into this chapter. So that's what we're going to do. And now I can start the timer. Look at that. Um, Actually, I can't because I'm not speaking this bit. Megan, where are you? Megan's going to read my Bible first for me. Can everyone encourage her? Do you click it? Uh, Where's the microphone? Wonderful. Wonderful. So if you want to turn to your Bibles, Ephesians 4, we're going to be looking at 1 to 7 and then 15, 16. Megan's going to wonderfully read it. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to start my timer. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Rather, speaking the truth in love, 
we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Awesome, Megan. Thank you. Well done. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that this would be yours. All of this, all this moment, all these words, God, let it be yours. Just pray that wherever um, comes out of my mouth, let it be words of encouragement and affirmation and words of the Holy Spirit. In your holy name, amen. Started. Um, notice the very first thing that Paul says is unity. Unity. Church, if anything, if you're going to get anything from this, if I was to summarize it in a sentence, Hope Church, we need to be unified. And my, my aim is to just share three core things that I pick out of these verses of what we should be united in. That's, that's my aim. We, we need to be united. As we head into this chapter, we just need to be united. And I'm, my aim is to look at these three things. The very first one, surprise, surprise, is united by Savior. Man, if I, if I was to spend the rest of my time speaking, I would just focus on this point and this point alone because it's the most important thing we can possibly imagine. We are united in our Christ Jesus. We're united in his love. We're united in the important truth of, of his life, his death, and his resurrection so that we could be free. The, the gospel shows us that God so loved us that he sent this son to die on the cross so that we could genuinely be free. Not with any, like... Um, uh, not with any uh, issues or not with any uh, caveats or anything like that. It's completely, utterly, wholesomely, wonderfully free. That, that is what we're united in. And, and, and maybe this might be the first time you're hearing this today. Maybe the first time you're actually just invited to church and you're like, this is a weird Sunday. What's going on? Well, let me tell you something that, that we will believe and know. We believe in there was a God who loved us. We believe in that there was a God who loved us so much that when he looked at the earth and he saw the state of it, but even before time began, there was a plan set in motion to say, they need saving. And they sent Jesus, which was God's son, to live the most perfect life, to live um, the, 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 literally by the, all the rules stated in the Old Testament. And this sacrifice, this lamb, this perfect being, literally slaughtered on the cross. The most gruesome death possibly can imagine. So that we... People who don't deserve it could be made alive in his death. And to prove that it was free, he rose again. That's what we're united in. And if this is the first time you're hearing this truth, then you can actually be free in that as well. The, the moment I gave my life to Christ, the moment I chose him, I became utterly free forever. My identity radically changed. And guess what? If this is the first time you're hearing this and you're like, man, I would love to be free. At the end, I'm going to pray a prayer. And today's a fresh day for you to be free. That, that's the wonderful thing. It's, it's, it's not a caveat. There's nothing else. It's just believing in Jesus and we're free. Church, we are united in that. But there's something deeper that we need to understand we're united in that. See, the beautiful thing is we are not united in Adam's death, life, and resurrection. We're not. We're not united in Ian's death, life, and resurrection. We're not united in how we do things in church. How we do things in church is just how we do things, but we're not united in that. It's as if it's a way of working, not the fact of what is our fundamental identity of who we are. We're only united in Christ. 
The thing that we are fully united in, the thing that says the family we are part of is Jesus Christ because of the Father's love and the fact that we are utterly full of the Holy Spirit. That is what we are united in. If I was laying down our foundations, we need to get that. Man, we need to understand that. Why is it important to understand that? Well, one, like I said, it helps shape our identity. But two, if we start thinking that we're called the church, or even let's just call us Hope Church in Seven Oaks, if we start thinking we're united in Adam's preaching, or we start thinking we're united in Ian's evangelism, or in Malcolm's pastoral care, we can easily become broken. After some time, we can easily become broken. Why? One, we might not agree with it all the time. We're family. Families fight. Families don't always agree. We might not always agree with it. Two, we might become uncomfortable with it. Do you know what I mean? I know when, uh, when, when the second service, when it was announced saying, we are going to do this additional service, some of us were like, uh, well, <laughs> I am definitely not comfortable with this. Do you know what I mean? But we've been united in that. We can become broken the fact of when we are uncomfortable. And also, the third thing is things just change over time. Lovingly, not all of us stay here. Tell me, no, lovingly, it's either we might be in this church for our entire lives, but there will come a moment where unfortunately we will die on this earth, but wonderfully we will be with our earthly and heavenly Father forever in the new earth. Do you know what I mean? But like things change over time. Therefore, if, if our reaction is as this, the four o'clock starts, and some of us go to the 10 o'clock, and we hear about what's going on at the four o'clock. We hear what's going on. Or even as a church, we go, oh, stuff's going on in Berlin or stuff's going on in Paris. If we are not united in Christ and understanding our identities based in him and not in anything else, our reaction can easily become saying, well, I'm not part of that, so it doesn't bother me. I'm a 10 o'clock person. I'm not four o'clock. That doesn't bother me. I'm, 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 I'm Hope Church Seven Oaks. I'm not East Grinstead. I'm New Frontiers, I'm not evangelical, I'm not anything like that. The reality is, if we are not united in the fundamental thing that is Christ's life, death, and resurrection, which is what Paul starts with in this book, then we easily become broken by everything else. Wonderful family, we need to understand that we are united by Christ and Christ alone. So as we head into this adventure, we're celebrating what God's doing. Do you know what I mean? Like I, 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 and I say this coming from a very, uh, how do I put this correctly, ethnic background where celebration for me is so simple. Yeah. It's embedded in my culture. Whereas naturally what can easily happen is something good is happening there and we're going, well, I'm not part of that, so we can easily become jealous of it. No, if we're united in Christ and Christ alone, it means that everything that God does, we are wonderfully celebrating. We are rejoicing. Man, I can't wait for the day that I, when being part of the four o'clock, I can't wait for the day that I hear 10 people got healed at the 10 o'clock. In fact, I'll be celebrating when one life is saved at the 10 o'clock. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Why? Because I'm united in his life, death, and resurrection. And anything that happens in the kingdom of God, I will celebrate and rejoice. Not for my gain, but for his kingdom's sake. That's what Paul's saying. That first bit of saying one body. That's what he's saying. Church, here's my first challenge to us. As we start our adventure, what is your identity in? Is your identity in your, your place in the church? 
Is your identity in what you do? Is your identity in what you kind of think and what you be with and the friends you be with? Or is your identity in Christ and Christ alone? Are you willing to actually go for the adventure and see what God is going to do? Or are we just hesitant? And I'll be honest, it's okay to be hesitant, but hear my encouragement and inspiration to go, let's not be hesitant, but let's take a risk in faith to see what God's going to do. It's natural to be hesitant, but actually be encouraged to go for it. Be encouraged to be grounded in him enough to say, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to see what God's going to do. If you do not see other people in Hope Church, will you still call them your brother and sister because you're united in Christ? If you don't see, and, and this is the, it's a bittersweet moment, which I'll touch on in a bit. Some of us might not see each other as regularly. That's the reality. Next week, some of us are not going to see each other as regularly. Will you still call that person a brother and sister in Christ? Will you actually do that and, and be for them rather than just going, we're a separate service? Because being for them means that you get your identity in Christ. <sighs> Big. That's my first point. Second point. We're united by serving. Now, Paul, he kind of tackles this um, really in 15 and 16, saying that we should be united in how we work. We should be the whole body joined and held together from every joint. And he deals with this in real passion and love, actually. This idea that we bear with one another in love and maintain the unity. I love the fact that Paul asks us to bear with one another. He doesn't leave it with just love one another. He knows that bear is kind of like a, you're going to have issues. It's like a, yeah, you, you will have problems, but bear with one another in love. Isn't that family? Like, isn't, it, isn't that such a family thing? Um, it's wonderful, the fact that actually we're not always going to agree. That's okay. Again, if we're united in Christ, it's okay. But it's bearing one another in love. How we serve one another in love. This point requires active participation. This is not a, you could do that. You may bear one another in love. You could be part of the joint of the body. No, you are that. Bear one another in love. It is an active participation. It is a require not a requirement, because that sounds legalistic, but it is an encouragement to say, this is what you do. This is how you are, transformed by Christ. Now this is what you do through serving and, and the serving isn't just kind of, um, I'm going to be careful with how I say this. It's not just a giving stuff, but serving with your giftings. But your giftings can be in hospitality. The Bible talks about a whole bunch of different spiritual giftings. So don't discount the fact that actually serving on teas and coffees might not be your gifting. It might be. You might be the most hospi um, hospitable person out there. If you are, praise God. That's your gifting. What I mean by this is what God has inspired and imparted into you to make you passionate and so much more encouraged to do it. It's something that naturally comes to you. Surprise, surprise, for some reason, I can talk. I don't know why. I don't know if you notice this. It's a gifting. But I also, I am struggling at listening. <laughs> right, that's, that's, even though I've got two massive ears, I don't listen that well. <laughs> Again, culture. I blame culture. Um, but that's what I mean. There's things that naturally come to you. Not everyone's meant to do this. That's, that's the point. Not everyone's meant to do this. Everyone has a different gifting that God has imparted into them. In fact, I love hearing about the events team. 
What, what a testament. Like, Sue standing here, just, thank you, Sue, for everything you've done. Well, this person did this, and this person did this, and this person did That is what we're talking about. Not one person could do it all. Why? Because each member has to be part of it to make it work in their gifting, in how they serve. But to do that, it needs to be active. Let's put it like this. Imagine your own home. Just think about your own home. Do you do any chores at home? I can tell you now, I do. Absolutely, I do. I, I am not the cook. I am rubbish at that. But I am a mean plate washer. That is my thing. Salad and plate washing is my jam. And that's what I do. In, in the home, that's what I do. I, 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 I contribute to being part of the home. Youth, this includes you now. You, you wake up, you know what I mean? This includes you. Why? Why am I saying this? Because actually, if you do chores at home, this is your home. And therefore, actually, youth, 20s and 30s, you serve in the church. Why? Because actually, if you have a gifting, you are meant to be part of this family home in serving in that way. Whether it's your first time here, or whether it's your hundredth time here, welcome to the family. See which way you can get involved. And actually, wonderfully, you feel more involved if you serve. Isn't it? Like if, you, if you're more relational with someone, you feel more involved. You feel more part of being in it. In it. <laughs> I'm, I'm still pretending I'm street. Um, <laughs> I'm not at all. I am not. We've got to bear with one another in love, just like that. We've got to bear with one another in love, maintaining the unity in the spirit. Man, two things. If, if you haven't got involved with serving before, if you don't know where your gifting is, let me just encourage this, because I feel I need to encourage this actually a little bit. Two things that are crucial. One, you getting involved is wonderfully crucial. You getting involved is wonderfully important. And the second thing is, finding your part is wonderfully important. And like I said, it is based on something that you can find passionate. And, and, and if everything, if not, if everyone can't do everything, then there is a gap for you. That, that's the beautiful thing. If there is a part of this wonderful picture that there is spaces because not everyone can do everything, and rightly so that not everyone can do everything, there is a place for you. There is a part for you. And you are vital in that. Let me use an image to display this. This is where I need four of my youth. So Anya and Gabby, you're sitting at the front. So off you come. Hurry up. Don't take too long. Joe Warney, you're looking handsome with that haircut, so come up here. And Ben, why don't you come here as well? Wonderful. Just stand at the front. I'm going to give you each something to hold. There you go. No one make a joke. That These are actually mine. Ian, don't you make a joke. Um, I did buy those. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. I've got two bits of wood. Two bits of wood here. And we've got a hammer, we've got a tape measure, we've got some glue, and we've got a screwdriver. Okay, if I wanted to measure how long one of these bits of wood are, what would I use? Absolutely. Absolutely, this bit of wood is one, one and a bit hammers long. Yeah? I mean, what, what would we use? Please, someone say tape measure. Tape measure. Yeah, I'm not going to measure it. I'll come on to that because actually it really helps. If I was to, um, if I was to take 
I should have got this out of my bag before. If I was to take a screw and I wanted to get it into to bind the two bits of wood together, what would I use? Some people would use a hammer. <laughs> and guess what? Out of love, you need conviction right now. <laughs> I would use a screwdriver. Yeah. If I had this big long nail and I wanted to bind the two wood, bits of wood together with this nail, what would I use? I wouldn't use a tape measure. I could give it a go, but I wouldn't use it. If I was not wanting to do anything invasive, but just to put them together, stick them together, what would I use? The glue. Here's my point with this. Here's my point. I could, I could use the hammer. Actually, in all honesty, to, to measure how long the bits of wood are, I could use the hammer. But it would be moronic and stupid. Like, that's the reality of it. Yeah, thank you. You can go. You can sit down. Thank you very much. That was it. Well done, my youth. We're, we're clapping them holding a bit of tool. How funny. Um, look, here's family. I could, look, I could use the hammer to measure how long it is. That, that's the reality. I could botch something in place to try and figure out how long the, ha uh, the bit of wood is. But the most suitable tool is the tape measure. Yeah. I could use a hammer to, to nail the screw in. But to then get it out, it becomes very difficult. That's, do you understand? The reality is, there are tools that could be used, but if we try and jam things in and we try and get everyone to do everything, it just doesn't work. Some of you are to be like a tape measure, discerning in the spirit, to actually measure up what God is doing. Some of you, as I like to call it, and Catherine told me not to use it, but I will use it. Some of you like to use the, the Lettington hammer of encouragement. <laughs> um, do you understand? Like, some of the, the encouraging side, some of you are, are more uh, are meticulous than that. Some of you are more pastoral than that. We all don't fit one shape, and rightly so. But that's why, actually, one body, we have these different joints, we have these different parts. Church, as soon as we hit these this two services, we are going to be thinking about the next one. In fact, we're thinking about it now. That's the reality. That's the reality. To be able to enable that is not up to the elders alone to do it. In fact, the gospel moves fastest where every single part of the body works in the place that they're meant to do. Here's my loving encouragement. Where is your part? Here's my caution. If you do not serve in the way that you're meant to and hear it with love that I'm speaking this now, if you sit back and keep on going, I can't be bothered. Or you sit back and going, this is uncomfortable for the change that is continuously going on. If you keep on going, there's a need there, but that's not really my thing. I'm not going to do it. The Bible warns us that that can be lukewarm. That can be an attitude of just not being bothered. And actually, in, in, in the Bible, when it talks about lukewarmness, it spits it out. It doesn't say about coldness. It doesn't say about hotness. In fact, it just talks about lukewarm. In, in Esther, Mordecai warns Esther that if she doesn't get involved in the scenario that she's in, freedom would come from somewhere else. Here's my loving encouragement. If God is going to do things in the church, he loves just using anyone. You are wonderfully important in this, but you are not the only person that God might use. And here's the beautiful thing. That encouraged me to get involved. 
Because I want to be part of the adventure. I don't want to be on the outside line of watching it. I want to be part of it. I want to be joining in. I want to get involved with where my area is, what my serving and gifting is in, not just kind of going, well, that's nice, isn't it? That's, that's good. I'm just going to sit back here. Because there will come a time where if you continue to do that, you will just become more and more uncomfortable and there will be anger and malice that will just grow in the heart and they'll end up just not being able to be part of the family. Get involved. Be part of the family. Here's my encouragement in this bit. How are you getting, how are you being part of this exciting adventure in serving in the giftings that you have? What are you doing to contribute to the family to run this house in different ways? Do you think that because someone else is doing it, you can't also get involved? Because if you do, that's wrong. Actually, wherever your gifting and serving might be, just see what God wants to do with it. Okay, last bit. I'm under time. This is going well. Um, last bit. And I think for me, we've had the foundation. We've had the middle bit of what we do. And I feel this could be one of the most crucial bits we need to understand. United by sending. In fact, Paul starts in Ephesians 4 with this. He says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of calling to which you have been called. He uses the word call twice. Why? Because we've been called to go. Wonderful church, if this is your first time here, no, we are a mission-inspired church. We are a biblically-grounded, Holy Spirit-alive, missionally-inspired church. We are not settled in just staying in one place. And if you are, then here's my wonderful encouragement to you. Every single person has been called. You have been called. If you have grown up in Seven Oaks your entire life, wonderfully, you've been called to Seven Oaks. Welcome. Welcome to what you've been called to be part of. If you have visited today and it's your first time or it's your hundredth time, you've been called to be part of the adventure of Hope Church at its chapter right now. You might not be always called to Hope Church, but right now, at this moment in time, you are called to be part of this adventure here. You are physically and spiritually called to be part of this. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's not, I'm not just a, a person watching. I'm not just a pedestrian. I am part of it. I am called to be united in being sent for the kingdom of God. And being called is not just a Sunday morning. Do you know I, mean? I, think, I think I badly do this. Sometimes I go church work or church stuff is Sunday morning. My calling is Sunday morning, those kind of two hours. Or when I do youth, it's those two hours on Sunday evening. My calling is every single minute of my day, wherever I go. Not everyone is meant to be in full-time ministry. Isn't that a relief? Isn't that wonderful? Because if everyone was called in full-time ministry, no one would minister to those in the workplace. No, you are called to exactly everywhere you go. The calling of Hope Church Seven Oaks you are part of is being based here as a church then being going out wherever you may go. Oh, that's so wonderful. It's so wonderful to know that actually where, where my steps take me, God has planned them for me. It's wonderful. In Matthew 28, Jesus, just to, to nail, um, just to kind of nail it down to know that you are called. In Matthew 28, the last thing that Jesus says is go into the world and, and, and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The calling, the mission statement is go into the world and make disciples. Everything else is an encouragement of how to do it, but the mission statement is go. So know 
that's the calling of you. If, you. if you're like, oh, I'm looking for my own calling. Well, here it is. Go into the world and make disciples. There it is. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful part of being a venture of this church. Because if we forget we're called, and we forget that we're united in Christ, and that we're united to serve, and united to, save, uh, be, to be sent, we forget that what the kingdom of God is about. If we forget that actually we are called to be sent, we forget that the mission in the kingdom of God is to basically see God move in many ways and to tell those who don't know about him, about him. Ian said it so wonderfully before. The reason why we're doing this is because we're stepping in a step of obedience to say, God, we want to see more people saved in the kingdom of God. That's why we're doing this. Second thing, if you don't understand that you're called to be sent, um, we then start feeling that this sense of adventure goes. Let me explain. If we think that we're just going to be one service, or we're meant to be just two services, let's put it like that, we're meant to be just two services, we're meant to just maintain where we're in, we think that that's it. That anything that happens in other churches, so when, the, when we hear about the Berlin church part, we're going, that's great, but it's not about us. It's not about what's going on here. When our youth grow up and they're sent to university and they're gone, that bittersweet moment of saying, we're losing them, but they're going. We then just become unbothered as a church saying, well, who, who minds? They're gone. Them being grown up and sent, we're not bothered by it. If we have people in the church going, you know what, I feel in my heart that I'm going to start a church plant. I feel in my heart I'm going to get involved with the church plant. We're going, great, we love you, off you go, but after you've gone, we're unbothered. If we forget, gone over, or if we forget the mission of God is about being sent, we start thinking just inside these walls and exclusively rather than inclusively with what God's doing in the wider kingdom. And church, I'll be honest with you, I never want to be part of a church like that. I'll be honest. I, I, I'd rather be part of a church that has 50 people, but every year another family goes, we're going because we feel sent. We're going to be part of a church plant rather than the church that is 500, but the, the feeling and the taste of adventure goes. It might have all its best working practices. It might like, you know, the music's sick and the, the technology's great and everything works well. But if the sense of adventure is not there, if the sense of being sent as part of the adventure of the kingdom of God is not there, I don't want to be part of that. I'd rather be part of a group of 10, 15 people that are going, we are part of this adventure of God because we know we are called to be sent. Church is so good that we are part of a church that knows the sense of adventure. We know the sense of adventure. We know what it means to be sent. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're not being stale and just going, let's just have one service and try and, you know, make more chair space. We're going, no, we need the space. I heard on Friday when the prayer was being made the, the, about four o'clock, the prayer was that this Sunday would be filled, rammed, rammed with people that we genuinely would have to feel that we have to do um, a second service. It looks pretty rammed to me. One, God answers prayers, but two, there is a sense of anticipation that the adventure is needing to begin. But know that this adventure doesn't end with this four o'clock service. Man, it's not going to end there. No, my, my prayer is that actually, as we continue down this line, many of us, many of us that have that bittersweet moment where we have someone come to the front or a family or one person or whatever, and they just go, I feel called cool to go. 
I feel called to be part of an adventure. I feel called to go and plant a church. I feel called to go be part of a church plant. I can't wait for that day that we have continuously have people to go. And if you're worried, saying, if we have people continue to go, we're not going to have any people yet. Well, I don't think God does that. <laughs> I think he honors the fact that actually there's obedience in going, that he'll bring people in. But also, if we have all gone, what a way to go. Do you know what I mean? If we, we can't have, if we can't have Hope Church Seven Oaks anymore because we've all been called to the nations, what a way to go. What a way to, what a way to finish the church, isn't it? That would be amazing. I would be. Let me finish. Church, as we start this adventure, yeah, we have our rough edges, but that's because we're a family. We're going to have these times of just being apart in two different services. But again, that's just because we're family. That's because we're being obedient to what God's going to do. My commissioning is, as we go and do this, know you are sent. Know that whatever aspect you're part of, you are sent under the calling of the living God most high. Here's my question. Who will go? Who's willing to go into their, their workspace and just to preach the gospel? Who's willing to invite someone to come and be part of this church? Who's willing to just put their hand out to say, look, Jesus loves you. Who's willing to be part of the adventure in being sent where they are and further? And how are we inspiring one another for, for this adventure? How are you speaking to other people, your brothers and sisters in this, in this wonderful family to inspire them for this adventure that we're on? Because man, two services is only the beginning. God has got so, so much bigger things for us. Would you stand with me? I'm just going to pray. Hey, you know what? Hilariously, I put 25 minutes on my timer, but I've done 30 minutes. So I'm actually, I'm actually within time, so this works. Um, I think. Am I right? Okay, good. Let me pray. Look, I'm going to pray two things. I'm going to pr first pray just because I want to give space for those who might want to actually be part of this adventure, not just of this church, but of actually of Christ. Part of this adventure of being part of the family of God. I'm going to give just space for that. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And it's just a simple prayer. Just saying, Father, I'm sorry. I choose you and I believe. And then I'm going to just, just ask, if you're willing to be part of this adventure, put both hands up. And when I ask that, if you're willing to be part of this adventure, whatever it looks like, I'm going to raise my hands as well. Raise your hands with me and I'm just going to pray to commission us. So let me do the first thing. So if everyone, if it's all right, just because, it's no other reason, just because it could be quite a personal moment. If you could, everyone could just shut their eyes. That's okay. Jesus, just be here. Just be here. Okay. If uh, this is the first time, or even if you're wanting to do it another time, it's your first time, though, that you've heard the gospel, or you've heard about this, and you are going, yes, I want to be part of this adventure, this life adventure with the kingdom of God. If that is you, just so that I know, and it's also it's an active step of faith, if you could just whip your hand up in the air, if you could just put your hand up in the air, high up, thank you. Thank you, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just going to go space. No, hey, adventure can be scary, can be difficult, but it takes that step of risk, that step of faith, so if you're still umming and ahhing, going, actually, do I want to commit? Just give me your space now. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to just pray a simple prayer. This is you, you can just pray in your heart, and I'll love to speak with you afterwards. I'm sure 
Adam and Ian would love to speak with you as well. So here we go. If you just want to say the words I'm saying, Father God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you chose me. Thank you, Jesus, you lived, you died, and you rose again so that I could be alive. I'm sorry for not following you. I'm sorry for the things I've done, for the disobedience. And I ask for your forgiveness. And I commit my life to you freshly today. And I ask Jesus that I would know you from today onwards. Thank you that I am now part of the family of God and have the chance to be full of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, here we go. Hope Church, do you want to be part of this adventure? If you do, put both arms up. Active faith. This is an active participant. Come on. Let me pray. God just might just do stuff. I'm going to close it. There might be other pastoral stuff that might be going on. If there's so, there's a prayer team, all that kind of stuff. But right now, it's your moment to say, Father, I'm in. I'm in this for, the, for this adventure. I mean, it's your personal. Just speak to him. Just speak to him. I'm in. I'm willing to be united by your Savior. I'm willing to be united by serving. I'm willing to be united by being sent. I'm in. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for what you have done in this church. I want to thank you for the history of this church. But Father, I want to rejoice in you for the future of this church or where you are taking us. God, we stand in front of you and we say we are united in you, O oh God. We are united in you. We are united to be obedient to what you are going to call us to do. And we're united to know that we might be here for a few months to a few years, but you are calling us to be sent wherever we go. But Father, we are in for this adventure in this church. And we will rejoice in all the great things you do, in all the struggles that might be had. We will still rejoice, oh God, because you are our strength. We thank you for whatever you have in store for us. And as we start next Sunday, we are looking forward to this great adventure that you've got ahead. And all God's people said, Amen. Good. All right, thank you so much.